When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network, where we discuss the entertainment of the unexplained. As always, I am your host, Aaron Sagers, journalist, author, researcher of all things weird, and currently you can catch me on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Paranormal Caught on Camera. We are currently airing our fifth season on Thursdays, and uh, yeah, we're also filming a sixth season, which is exciting, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a show that I've really enjoyed watching, and for the past few weeks on the Epics Network, it's a horror series and so much more that has been unfolding. It's called From. It was created by created and executive produced by John Griffin behind Crater, directed and executive produced by Jack Bender, who we know from Lost, Game of Thrones, Mr. Mercedes, executive produced by showrunner Jeff Pinkner from Fringe, alias Lost. And also amongst the powerhouse creative team, we have Joe and Anthony Russo of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, the series unravels the mystery of a nightmarish town that traps all those who enter and not enter by choice. As the unwilling residents fight to keep a sense of normalcy and search for a way out, they must also survive the threats of the surrounding forest, including the terrifying creatures that come out when the sun goes down. And the ensemble cast is led by a gentleman that we know from so many projects. His name is Harold Perrineau. We know him from Oz, Romeo and Juliet, the Matrix franchise, Lost, Constantine, the Best Man movies, and the Best Man uh, series uh, that they're filming right now. And we are happy to have him here. Harold, thank you so much for joining, my friend. Hey, Aaron, that was quite a quite an introduction. Thank you, man. Well, thank you. Thank you <laughs> for like, man, doing working. this. So you're right now, uh, you are filming The Best Man, the Peacock original series, right? Right. Yeah, we're doing, it's called The Best Man, the final chapters. And so it's, you know, reunited our entire cast, me, Regina Hall, Tay Diggs, Terrence Howard, Snale, Danila, uh, the whole, the whole group of us. And uh, so, yeah, we're, I had the day off today so that I can come here and talk to fine gentlemen such as yourself. Uh, <laughs> You're too kind. I, <laughs> You know, I obviously we're going to talk about from we're going to talk about a lot of things, but the best man world, the best yeah. man uh, franchise, the last movie, the best man holiday was 2013, right? Yeah. What is it creatively, but also from the fan perspective that made that 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 created the demand for this miniseries to bring people back? nine years later after the last movie 
you know, I, I've always said that the, the, the one, the magic is in Malcolm Lee, who wrote and directed, like just really smart and funny. But like, I, I think I, I find that these characters are just characters who are so uh, very much part of uh, our American culture. These these got these people who all went to college together and they're all friends from there and and they uh, have all really different, interesting, diverse lives. And they come together because, you know, this book that's a tell all book. And I, I just find that they're really just relatable mm-hmm. um, and, and they each, you know, represent some some friend that we all have, some friend who whose mouth is too big or some friend who, you know, has a job that's, you know, kind of questionable or. You know, you say, I just find them really relatable characters. And I think, you know, speaking like culturally, especially for African-Americans, there hadn't been so many films where they're just friends and nobody's like in prison or nobody yeah. comes from, you know, and I just think that they wind up being relatable across a spectrum of audience members. And so I think that for me, that's one of the reasons that it's, it's really, really, really great. You could you could show this film anywhere and people would go like, oh, yeah, I got a friend in college. It's just like that. You know what I mean? If you went to college or, or you went to high school or something like that, yeah. And it does, it feels a little bit, you know, it doesn't work with necessarily every kind of franchise series movie, but it does feel like this is a reunion of sorts. That that right. this is a group of people that you can return to yeah. a decade later. And right. I don't know if we're picking up and if the you know what the story precisely is, but it feels like we can revisit with these people and still be engaged with their story yeah. a decade later. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And also everybody's gone on to do such really interesting stuff. I mean, look, Regina was just hosting the Oscars. I mean, it was, you know what I mean? So like you like you still see us kind of around. So we're still kind of somewhere in your subconscious. And so it makes it really easy for us to reunite and and you know, for us to have this, you know family reunion as it were with, with yeah. the entire audience was it for you personally well it is is it personally for you a bit of a palate cleanser as far as coming from from where <laughs> you're you're having to be a little grimy it's it seems like a, a you know a dirtier kind of setup is it nice to go film something where you get to be groomed and wear nice clothes and have have a wardrobe change you, you, you know what's really interesting? You would think that that would be the thing, but uh, I feel like the grimier, like, left hemmed, like, I don't have to wash my face every day of, you know, Boyd Stevens. It's, like, really, really where I live. <laughs> so coming back, I have to, like, cut my hair and get it groomed every day and get a new haircut feels a little, like, that's a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> but, but it? But it is nice to come and wear, like, super nice clothes and, like, hang out with all these fabulous, beautiful people. I was on the set the other day and I was just like, I mean, this is just a good looking group of people. Like it's, it's, it's actually odd. It's, it's not that I haven't worked with good looking people before, but it's just, I mean, it's like Sanaa Lathan and Nia Long. It's just, they're all so good looking. It's a lot. Uh, <laughs> and so, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to go back to it, to come back to it. But I think Harold, is a little more on the, like, I'm dirty. Look, let's just call it like it is. I don't watch this every day. I wish I did. My wife wishes I did. I just don't. <laughs> you know what? I think if anything, 
after after pandemic and pandemic lockdowns, we've learned that, you know, it's OK to, you know, maybe hang out in your grubbies uh, for a day, maybe a couple of days. You know, it's I think right. it's allowed. It is. Like, who's, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, so I'm, I'm originally from Florida, but I've lived most of my adult life in Brooklyn, in New York. And, and I know you're a Brooklyn kid and the, so I did kind of the flip flop. I went from the sunshine to the, uh, to the city, whereas you've gone from the city to Hawaii and uh, all over the place. What is it being a, a kid from Brooklyn that preps you to, do the work on some of the genre stuff specifically from now uh, and looking back and lost and even the matrix, mm-hmm. obviously it's acting, it's acting yeah. dear boy. Right. That's the old yeah. expression, but, yeah, exactly. but, but what was it about your upbringing that you tapped into when you stepped into a role such as Boyd, Sheriff Boyd or Michael previously? Right. And, and, and not to get like too deep or, or, or heavy about it, but, and you know this now living in Brooklyn, like living in New York, you can, uh, hey, but that's my kids, she was leaving. Uh, you, you're, you can be uh, confronted, is that the way to say that? Confronted with so many different possibilities when you walk mm-hmm. out of your house that you have to become really adaptable. You know what I mean? Like you, you just don't know. You get on the subway, you're on the A train, and it could be a great day, it could be a terrible day. We actually don't, we don't know what's going to come down the line. And so, as my career has unfolded and the things have come my way, I've been able to be really, really adaptable. It hasn't made me sort of like uh, sort of rigid or, or, or it hasn't made me like unaware of things that are really big and scary. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that night I was on the A train, it was three in the morning and there were 16 dudes and they were all staring at, that was pretty scary. That's kind of like the monsters that are here. Okay, I should go, I should leave, I should leave. You learn how to adapt, and it makes it makes sense. It translates for me into many different different areas. There is that sense of I, I think all of us have that that hopefully all of us have that survival instinct, that that danger sense, that spidey sense that tingles. Right. And but there's something unique about the New York experience. Of, uh, you know, you can walk down one street and it's totally fine. And you walk down another street and that just starts to tingle. And you're like, I don't, I shouldn't be here. There you go, Brooklyn boy. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that translates into genre that translates into the science. Yeah. The monsters that could, that just suddenly the, the shift in the forest exactly, and they're there. It's like, Oh, like, you know, father Kachi could stop you and you pull your gun. Uh, (laughs) You know, that's what you do. Like, what's up, homie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he convinces you, like, hey, you should probably, you can point it at me if you want to, but let's, uh, we should get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to adapt, like, really quickly. So I've really, I've really been enjoying From because we do have these really right off the bat, the premiere, we start with these gruesome visuals and it gets very gory, but then there is just that that creeping dread, that unsettling feeling that runs throughout. And then we have Boyd who it's funny. I I can't necessarily relate to Boyd on certain levels. I'm, I'm not a father, but, but I like, I end up liking Boyd a lot and it's a character that could easily be so unlikable. And 
even when, because obviously this guy is, you know, he has these understandable flashes of anger when he's dealing with the situation, but he's also keeping this town together for you. What was the attraction to taking on Boyd and let's face it, entering into another uh, genre show different than lost, but there's enough similarities to it as well. Right, right, right. Well, just like you just said, so, so eloquently, uh, he, he, his anger is, is, is quite tricky to deal with. Uh, and, and you can love him or hate him, but like, you, you get really confused. And that for me was the really interesting thing. I, I, I really like taking on challenges because I think there are so many people in the world that, that really, all of us, let's be honest, we're not just one thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We're, you like to sometimes like, oh, he's the nice guy or he's the this guy, but we have so many different elements. And, and anybody who's willing to be like, look, this is all me. Sometimes I'm great. Sometimes I'm terrible. Don't get in my way and then we'll be happy. And if you do, I'm going to shoot you. Um, like, <laughs> like there is a, there, there is something really interesting about playing guys like that. And, and I believe that it has to do with like the passion that they have. And he's passionate about his community, about his world, about his family, his, his creative family and his, you know, inherited family. And he's, and he's passionate about keeping them safe and he's, passionate about making it work and about doing it right and about saving as many people as as he can and i think all of his all of his instincts are to do something really really good then you run against real life where people have different ideas than you and and then you feel like you have to struggle and 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 i think that that's something that people can i i related to it a lot and, and I think that uh, there, there'll be a lot of audience members who relate to it as well. And so, so taking the role really was also a matter of all the other characters that were there as well. And me thinking that audience members, very much like Lost, can pick and choose like, ah, I would be exactly how Fatima is. Or, nah, I'm, a, I'm 100% Donna. Like, I'm going to be hard about this thing, and you know what I mean? Or I'm going to be the artist kid that Ellis is. There's so many other characters, and I know that Jeff and Jack, they know how to tell stories like this. They know how to tell these stories really, really well. And so, like, I really trusted that those guys were going to take this thing that kept calling horror. And, and it is. There's a lot of horror. But at the end of the day, we're not there for the jump scares. We're there to see, oh, what are you going to do next? Mm-hmm. What, I know what, what happens next, but what are you going to do? about and that's what i think i think people are are coming to watch it for he's not boyd is not this natural um this he's he's not a a natural sheriff i guess you know we we learn a little bit in episode eight we have that that arrival of him to the town but this is a guy that's seen the worst war zones and he's right. a problem solver, but not necessarily the guy that's going to stick around for years to take a look after a community. I guess right. I guess what I'm building to is how do you view the Boyd before, you know, episode eight, we see things go unfold really badly and the tragedy of his wife. Yeah. Who is he kind of before and after? And I guess after things with his wife, are the monsters even that much of a concern? Because he's already lost so much of his world. 
Right. <laughs> and again, this is one of the reasons I, re I really like this character, Boyd, because um, he's a um, he's a step up guy. Like, if I don't know it, I'm going to step up and I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, and I think before that, like if if you dedicate your life to uh, military service, you're a person who cares about your community. You're a person who who's interested in doing things. You're you've done things that many people wouldn't do with the idea that you are protecting your homeland mm -hmm. may, may or may not be true. Right. That's another kind of um, conversation, but I consider, I, I think about people who have military service that that's what they're interested in doing. And so coming to this town, he already has that kind of background. He, he knows how to be part of a community. He knows how to like, put up infrastructure and then I think he's expecting his wife more to be the leader but then when that doesn't go the way it's supposed to go he's like babe I'll do it I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna get them out of here and I'm gonna get our son out of here and I'm gonna so he's a step up guy and I really I find that really commendable and and admirable about him you know I I like the character a lot he's got a hair trigger temper that is for sure but he, he is really working the best. And even at his own, you know, we find out the Parkinson's is happening. And he's mm -hmm. like, before this takes over, I got to do something. I step up. I step up to the next level each time. And, and, and I like that about him. I, I think that's a really good quality. Let's talk a little bit about the finale because a lot of things happen. Uh, I guess, first off, what the hell? I, I, I will say. <laughs> he said, what the hell? <laughs> the, I kind of feel like I after Lost, I said I wasn't going to be doing this again and getting so wrapped up in an episodic mythology driven show right. that's going to have really frustrating finale. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. And now, sir. Here you are. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> so, so I guess where where are we at the end of season one? We're still waiting. I'm sure it's going to happen. We're still waiting for an announcement for season two. Right. But this cliffhanger. Where are we with Boyd's story at the end of season one? I mean, is is he just gone? Have we lost the Boyd that we know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, so listen, I can't answer the, I can't answer the question, uh, in, in real practical terms because I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. that, that's really, really true. But what I, what I, I do know when I took the job, when I got the job and I asked them this question because, you know, we got a, everybody got a lot of flack about loss, a lot of love, a lot of praise, but a lot of like, I mean, y'all wasted six years of my life. And I don't, I don't actually believe that's true. I think we had six years of people like enjoying this story mm -hmm. and drama and making friends and all that stuff. But that's how I thought about it. But, but it was, it's a lot, it's a lot to carry. You know what I mean? People still now are like, what the hell at the end of Lost? I'm like, I don't know what the hell. I thought that was cool. Um, but here's what I do know. I know that the, the storytellers, they also took that on, the Jeff and Jack and, you know, John, who's getting their, uh, imp his information from them and some of the writers who come on, Javi and folks like that, they all go like, what we can't do again is let people feel like that. Mm -hmm. like, if we're going to do this journey, we got we to gotta make sure that they get some satisfaction, right? 
We have less episodes. We have 10 episodes a season. So if we come back, the storytelling is going to be short and succinct. I think in that first year, you got the, the first season, we got a lot of answers to a lot of questions. We got more questions, but we certainly got like, what happened to Donna? Why is Boyd so grump, grumpy? Uh, what's the deal? Why is Pega so happy? Not Pega, uh, Fatima so happy. Like, this is ridiculous. What's happening with the Stevens family? What's the, you know, we got a lot of answers to many things. What the lighthouse is, who that was talking to Jim. Like, we don't have those answers. And we do want you to come back. And we do want people to come back. I think if it wraps up too neatly, it's easy to just go like, ah, you know, I mean, and maybe I'll go back next year. But when you're like, what the hell was the light tower? Yeah. <laughs> Who dragged you to a light tower? <laughs> like, I think people want to come back. And I think that that's a, that's a cool, fun thing. And we now have, you know, a little bit of time to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me say, like, I'm not anti-lost finale. I'm not anti, because I, I still look fondly and I love this show. Right. The I and I and I get sort of how the sausage is made that there were, you know, episode orders and season, you know, like suddenly and then, man, like only, uh, you know, 15 years ago, we were in a, a world where you would get a 26 episode order on a show as opposed to a nice tight 10 uh, where you can tell a story. Right. As long as there's a plan, a plan, a game plan, you know? like, as long as we know where the thing is coming. Right. No, no, there, there is a plan. They, they really assured me in a different way than they ensured we were lost. I was like, there's a plan. They're like, sure. Yeah. There's a plan. Like this one, they were like, listen, I know, you know, <laughs> this with 10 episodes, this is what happens. You should know that the monsters in the first season, that's just the beginning of the trauma. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. When you're getting into specifically this episode, the the mindset of Boyd, he's he's suffering from these spider bites and hallucinations, and he's also he's he is now allied with this person he should not trust. Right. So in this moment of reveal, when we have the lighthouse, we have uh, these final moments mentally kind of where were you going as an actor what is he thinking about sarah what is he thinking about this reveal what what's kind of going on in his head at at these final moments of the season you know for me there 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 are a couple of things uh you know he was really anti-sarah at the beginning of the thing uh but the beginning of their journey and then he did a couple of things where he trusted her but one of the stories that um we, we, it's so subtle is what it is, is, you know, when Boyd is having that hard time and he pulls out his knife, you know, he's, because he's ready to fight, and, but he can't. And then she takes the knife, closes it and says, let's go. That's a, that's a, it's subtle. It's so subtle, but it's a big deal. It's a big, like, I really am not here to hurt you. Like, I'm not crazy. Something's happening to me. And so I, I think as, as she, she even knows that you got to trust me, and she pushes him into the faraway tree. Like, I think, he's, he, I think he goes there having an ally eventually. I think he starts off with an enemy, but I think he eventually gets an ally, and it takes him breaking down and his body and his mind and all this stuff, because Boyd in his full mind probably would never trust Sarah. 
Mm-hmm. But, but there has to be a breakdown, which happens in life sometimes. You don't trust the person. You go through something crazy together and you realize like, oh, yeah, we're connected. I think that's where they are. And then something new starts, you know? Yeah. And so, again, I don't know where Boyd is or what's happening. I am claustrophobic as uh, um, but wherever he is, it does not look good. I'm not so looking forward to going back to do that again, but I know that that's where it's going to start. It was a it was a good shot because, as I said, the the season opens with these very kind of gory visuals, which were impactful of the 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 mother and the daughter and the yeah, house. You kill a kid five minutes in. Oh my god! Like, oh snap! I'm saying something <laughs> about the show. Yeah, and. And then yet it ends with this psychological torment of being buried alive of claustrophobia, another powerful moment. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think, I mean, yeah, that, that got to me as well. That is like that disturbing thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) The, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess you've been, I'm trying to think, uh, in your career, have you had to, have you had to act in that kind of box before you were in a pit, I guess, with, uh, in lost, if I recall a couple of buddies in there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't by myself. I don't think I've ever been sort of like buried alive like that, which is just, I mean, it just gives me the willies thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is the first time I've ever, I think it is, I'll have to think it through, but I think this is the first time I've ever done that. Do you, you personally, it's, this is a thought that just kind of came to me and I'm going to work out the question. So bear with me. But when we see, when we see a lighthouse, is a lighthouse a beacon of hope or something to avoid because ultimately when you know the the purpose of a lighthouse is not to draw people forward it's to keep people away because you don't want to go near those cliffs near near that dangerous zone because your ship will your boat a, a man, boyd who is so driven by boats uh <laughs> you go towards that lighthouse you know that's what you want to avoid because that's where the cliffs are Right. So I don't know, is a lighthouse a beacon of hope or is it the thing that you need to avoid? Um, I, th- I think what you're hitting on, my man, is uh, sort of one of the central themes uh, in From. It really is a matter of like perspective. Do you live in a town with rules or do you live like this might be your last day on earth? For Boyd, he's like, look, I don't know where we are. Mm-hmm. I, no, I no longer have any idea of where we are. All I got is that tower. And for Sarah, she's like, like you, like, yeah, uh, lighthouses, they say go away. So you should go away. And then it is the communal deciding of how we figure this out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a central theme within the show, within our lives. How do you come together and figure out something? Because they're two really, neither point is a bad point, mm-hmm. neither point of view. If you have no place else to go and all you see is a lighthouse, there has to be somewhere. But houses are, they traditionally mean, get away from me. Don't come over this way. This is what you should be afraid of. Don't do it. They're, they're, they are both true. Mm-hmm. And, and and the working it out is, 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 is the meat of what drama is. Yeah. I Did you... It. Did you like, or did you, 
how did you respond to the the fact that essentially the final two seasons after you you being very much in the thick of the community now having this sort of solo side adventure well you know you and and um boyd and sarah being taken out of the mix it's 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 definitely a choice it's a storytelling choice to take your lead out of out of the thick of it and send them off was that something that you had any concerns about or you were all for kind of um going having your your sort of semi-solo adventure well, when, when they first told me about it, it was really reminiscent again of Lost. I was like, wait a minute. Is this yeah. like Michael, like he goes away and just goes away? Is that what you're saying? And then, and this is where they reassured me, and this is why I'm going to say something to you in the audience, and I don't really know what this means. But they, they said like, no, 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 he goes away. What we're going to, and then, then we're on two different journeys. And what you'll see is that the monsters, that's the easiest part. What's about to happen? We're we're about it's about to go down. Like it's mm-hmm. really, it's it the the monsters are just the the smallest first part of something so much deeper, that's bigger and scarier. And so I was like, oh hell yeah, let's go, let's do that, let's do that, Bart. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really curious about what else is out, what's scarier than the monsters back in town. Yeah, you kind of get the sense that the the monsters are, are sort of the first level of defense, the guard dogs and yeah. And they're pretty scary. Yeah. 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 And I've, so, I've, yeah. Anyway, I think just whatever's in town, they're in town with the monsters and then a bus pulls up. Like, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking, I don't know. Is this like the, this is the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> crossover episode. Exactly. <laughs> Metal Arc Lemon comes out like, hey, where are we at? <laughs> Either that or the, uh, my, my mind also went into, um, uh, I love the movie Beetlejuice. You know, we have the, 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 the dead football uh, right. team that's there. I'm like, this would be the good intro for these guys. hundred <laughs> percent. You're, I've read that you're not not actually a fan of horror. Uh, so then, what what kind of does scare you? Especially because within within this show, within From, we're dealing with these sort of slow moving zombies slash vampire type of creatures. They take on different characteristics. You've got in the finale, we're dealing with spiders. Uh, we're dealing with these phantom noises. Mm-hmm. What what are the things? Uh, within horror that do unsettle that unsettle you what what freaks you out you said claustrophobia yeah when i say that i don't like horror it's not because i'm i'm not scared of it i'm like right i I still like i watch horror i was like this isn't scary uh it's the horror is scary and it is always horror is always the worst people doing terrible things to other terrible people Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and for me that's scary the thought of that is scary in and of itself and i and i've said it before it's like in my brain, in my life, I got enough. I got it. I've I, I seen it. I, I've been there. Terrible things happening by terrible people. Like, I got it. I'm not going to pay you money to go do a thing that I, it's already in my brain and I don't want it there. So yeah. horror is already scary enough for me. It's like, I, I, you know what I mean? So like, I don't really like it. I don't want to add any more to it. And that's, that's just me. Like my kid. My daughter, Aurora, mm-hmm. and horror all day for her. Horror all day. And I'm like, okay, like, just not, it's not my deal. Um, 
But like those things do scare me. Like you're, you're watching things and people get ideas like, what? If I had a chainsaw and I went a little crazy, <laughs> you know, like, nah, not for me. Go, go away. <laughs> I, you know, for me, it's, I, I've done, I've done hard news journalism. I've, I've seen some things that are locked into my brain that I don't like. And then I also, I work on these shows now where I talk about the paranormal and ghost stories and spooky stuff and monsters out in the world. And I always, I prefer these scary supernatural things because that, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I don't know, depending on your philosophy or your perspective, but we do know humans are capable of monstrous things and we'll do it. And, And that's the kind of stuff that I don't like engaging with. So I would rather deal with the slow moving vampire zombie things as right. opposed to the guy with the chainsaw. Right. <laughs> right. Cause I know there's a guy out there with a chainsaw. You know? <laughs> a out there. Exactly. And I feel like I drove to a small town and I saw that guy, <laughs> you know, small towns. What, what is it about small towns that make them so, so creepy? I, yeah, I just feel like cause in small towns, nobody's watching. Like in big cities, it's like everybody's there. There's news and cameras and lights. And in small towns, they're just off somewhere. Yeah. People just doing shit. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's scary to me. It's, it's <laughs> the idea of there's places where you can just drive through. And if, if you get go off the map, if you enter into a from zone, nobody hears from you again. <laughs> That's just that. It's just done. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... As again, as a kid from Brooklyn, were there any urban legends or ghost stories or any kind of boogeyman that 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 haunted your neighborhood, haunted your friends? The because you don't really have the creepy house at the end of the lane in Brooklyn, but there's there's still legends that pop up. Anything that you recall from uh, being oh, a kid? There, there were so many. There were there there was there once there was this when I was younger. There was this old guy who was uh, who was such a predator, and he was getting like little boys to come up to his house, and eventually they caught him and stopped that, and that was really scary. But for a long time, you couldn't get me near a golf club because there was a dude in my in our neighborhood who was just the toughest dude around. He walked around with this golf club all the time. And yo, you couldn't tell if he was on your side or not on your side. And like, it it would be like, you know how Pesci is in Goodfellas? Mm-hmm. Like you just don't know, like you don't know who you're talking to. And he would start swinging that golf club and like smashing people's heads open. And like, that dude was so, like he was just a young dude, it was scary. And then eventually, you know, Somebody shot him like, like, but for a long time, like that was like, he was, I was, I was scared of like, there was so many of those weird little things that would happen in Brooklyn. Like back when I was growing up, it's just like, yeah, that, those were scary. Yeah. Those things were scary. They still stick in my brain. Are those, um, are those ever stories that you think at some point from a creative standpoint that you'd like to tell or put down or present to the world not not those stories those those are just like things that scare me there certainly yeah. are like again brooklyn and you know you live in there brooklyn is a rich full mm-hmm. uh, community so there are also 
we were just saying it. We know that people can be really horrible monsters. I personally don't want to see it, but what I do want to see is people who are great and they are mm-hmm. great things and they may go through adverse adversities, but like they can find their way on the other side. I, I, I much rather present those stories than some of the horrors that actually yeah. in my head, because they're out there. I don't need to tell stories. There are people living it. I, yeah. For me, I'm good. But like, uh, there are people who, you know, Obama wrote that book called The Audacity of Hope. And and me being a kid from Brooklyn, the audacity to hope that I could be here talking with you, Aaron, today, you know, that's that's a big fucking thing. Like, excuse my language, but that's a big thing. That's if I'm going to tell a story, that's the one I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about things that get you from from where I was to here. That's, yeah. that's more interesting for me. It is interesting. And it's and I think that having seen one side and then, you know, our life experiences are different, but having gone through the one thing and then being able to tell the story once things are a little bit better. I don't know. I think that that is, I think that that, that is a necessary component, especially, you know, uh, I, I think it is about providing hope to other people as well. You right. know, but like, I, like I was just saying all, all each one of those sides are true. Like, the kind of creativity that goes into making horror and stuff like that. I, I mean, some of it is just, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. It really is. It's like, like who thought of zombies? Like, I, I don't know. And then the mythology that you can bring and talk to like those, those are really great. They're just not my stories, yeah. but they are, they are no less valid and entertaining to, because we live in a giant, huge world with lots of points of view. And so, I just have to be kind of like clear about my point of view and sure. you know what I mean? But that is not to poo poo anybody else's idea. Cause I'm here for all of it. I get it. I totally get it. Well, we're, we're winding down. I just want to throw a couple more questions at you. First off, uh, I know you're working on the, the best man series right now, or mini series, right. the, any, what else can you talk about that is, on the docket for you and ultimately you did i mean you know you got your start as a song and dance man is a is that something that you're gonna be we could look forward to more of uh yeah, so what's, what's, what's ahead yeah you know what i hope you know i like chris walken one day i get to like dance in the video <laughs> or something. so hopefully one day that comes back um you know i i'm hoping that we go back to from to do another season of that Right now, I have this movie uh, that I'm in called Without Ward. And if you like interesting, quirky storytelling things, it's a really interesting story, uh, quirky story, uh, quirky uh, piece. That, and it's out right now called It's Without Ward. And I think it, I don't know if it's Martin Landau's last job, but one of the last ones that, you know, the great Martin Landau. Is. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, that's out now. And again, it's, it's it's really off the beaten path, but but I I still find it quite interesting. You know, um, I find it quite interesting. So that's going. Best man is happening. Hopefully, we go back to from, and uh, you know, uh, I I don't make predictions about my career anymore. It's been more than I could have ever ever even imagined. I, I I've been the luckiest sob around, mm-hmm. and, and my mom is not a B. I'm just saying I've been really lucky. <laughs> I don't want to get into all that anyway. Um, but I've been pretty lucky. And so like, I don't make predictions about my career. I try to raise my kids. I do my career as we do it, you know, and, 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 and I, and I've been fortunate. I'm going to, I'm going to stay, uh, stay uh, true to that and believing that like, 
my fortune is, uh, you know, it's going to keep going the way it's gone. Well, that said, the final question I have for you is, look, I've got bosses. My bosses like me to get some sort of headliney thing out of this uh, mm-hmm. in addition to from. So my question is, I mentioned that Joe and Anthony Russo very much heavily involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If they or someone else from the MCU said, Harold, we need to get you into an MCU movie, join the the superhero leagues. Are you are you interested in going into that? And where would Before you like to Before they finish the sentence, I'd be like, yes, sir. And they'd be like, yes. no, no, not you, your friend behind you. No. <laughs> Where, where would where would where would Harold like to be in the MCU? What kind of stories? Let, let, let me be really honest about the MCU. Like I like it all. There are so many great actors. I have some really close friends who are in it, and I could be in any part of it. I could be a great villain, or I could be a hero. Like I I don't care. I love the storytelling, the Panther, the Black Panther movie, the all of the Avengers. Like literally, I watched them over and over and over. And like, you know, like over and over, you can't, it's stupid. Um, and so like, I really like, and I like, again, you know, the, the the thing that they've been doing with all these movies is like taking superheroes and making them really human, you know, mm-hmm. really, really virtuous and really fallible. And um, and so, so the drama is good and the acting stuff is really tricky because I'm, you know, there's a lot of green screen acting. And, yeah. And, and and they're pulling it off. Like, they're pulling it right off. And so all you got to do is say, hey, the MCU, yes. Yes, I'm in. Done. Give me the first AD. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you're safe. I think we would we definitely need to see you as a... Uh, a hero or a villain. I don't know. I, 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 I would love to see. I would love to see you as a hero. I, yeah, yeah. I, thanks, Herb. I, yeah. But I don't care. I'll go. <laughs> uh, They're done. Well, sir, I I really appreciate your time and uh, and uh, like I said, I've I've enjoyed from. I promised myself I would not get wrapped up in another show like this, and yet here I am, and I'm I'm loving it, and I can't wait for some news about the next season i'm sure that is on the way but uh harold you're just uh you're you're a gent to talk to brother man i am so glad to talk to you and i know you said you wouldn't come but i'm glad you're here just you hear from my mouth that you're here i'm glad you're around aaron thank you Uh, well thank you sir and i'm gonna wrap this up and i want you to hang out for two seconds on the other side yes sir. all right later and we are here we are guys thank you for joining uh that was just such a great chat Uh, Don't forget to subscribe, download, you know where to go, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check out this video and other videos on youtube.com slash us, and watch out for our Twitch live streams. Give me a follow, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and at TalkStrangePod on Twitter. And like I said, I do the Paranormal Caught on Camera show on Discovery Plus and Travel Channel, so check out those new episodes. Until next time, my friends, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird.